Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games. Games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and uh, I am joined by two awesome co-hosts, Nate Heininger. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. It's been a little while. Yeah, we are glad to have you back, Nate. Welcome back. Hope you had a great trip. I did. I spent a lot of it playing the game that we're talking about today. Awesome. (laughs) And I am also joined by Shane Kelly, my bro host and real life twin brother. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing super great. Uh, Every time you say real life twin brother, I wonder if you have a made up twin brother somewhere. I just like thinking of you as my real life twin brother. Like, like, it's like I have like a a real life clone. I mean, you kind of do, right? Yeah, I guess it's kind of true. The amount that we talk about the fact that you guys are twins on this podcast is ridiculous. Well, I, I do I do feel like sometimes it's good to say that so that people know what to picture, you know? That So when they're creating images in their head of what we all look like, they only have to right now make two images. Exactly. One for the two of you and one for me. Perfect. So imagine one yep. perfect Adonis with uh, rippling abs and... Uh, a luxurious radio voice. And then what do you look like? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And two hideous trolls. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> so, uh, this week we're talking about Warbits, which is an iPhone game. And it's one that I am, I'm actually super, super excited to talk about. Because it's literally something that I have been waiting for since I first got an iPhone. You know, I, I got the iPhone with the iPhone 3G and uh, picked up the phone and started thinking, well, what sort of games would be good on something like this? And um, at the time, I had a Game Boy Advance, which I played a lot. And that's when Reagan invented the Endless Runner. (laughs) (laughs) And it's worked out real well for me, guys. Uh, Sitting on a pile of cannibal cash. But I also uh, thought at the time, like, the only uh, Game Boy Advance game, and I was playing a ton of stuff on the Game Boy Advance in those days, and the only Game Boy Advance game where I thought this would be better on the iPhone uh, was uh, Advance Wars, because it's, you know, it's a multiplayer game, uh, you take turns, it would benefit from a touchscreen, and it would benefit from having an internet connection to be able to play with people without being in the same room, and I thought, surely somebody is going to come out with exactly that. Advance Wars for the iPhone. I thought it back in 2008. And uh, here it is, 2016, right on schedule. Finally, there is an acceptable game in that category. So I've never played Advanced Wars, but that doesn't really matter um, because this is a great game in and of itself. And I would not have known that it was a, um, like, a, you know, a newer version of an already existing game. I have been playing a ton of this game as well so i think we should start by kind of explaining what it is as we do on this show and kind of what makes it so much fun Um, i mean first of all it's a turn-based asynchronous uh kind of war game yeah so first off i think in a lot of cases asynchronous games are are a little bit of a rarity, uh, and this one, it, the, it's, it takes that sort of asynchronous gameplay style that phone gamers are probably familiar with from maybe Words With Friends, and it applies it to like a, a war game that in a lot of ways is really similar to computer real-time strategy games. 
asynchronous games are not common on the iPhone unless they end with 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 friends. friends. <laughs> yeah. In which case, they are probably one of the most popular genres of games because about every three months or so, a new with friends game comes out and everybody plays it like crazy. And then about three months in, you look down at your phone and you've got like 14 open games of um, drawing with friends or whatever. And everyone's deleted the app within you know that amount of time and a new one comes out and you do it all over again. Um, but this is a way more um, advanced game <laughs> than a, a chess mod or a checkers mod or Pictionary mod that goes back and forth. This is a developed and well thought out combat strategy game. And that's not to say that it's super complicated. Like I've played a lot of real time strategy or games that are more sort of uh, uh, tactical combat oriented. And a lot of the times they they have a lot of complexity that kind of turns me off. Like uh, I only was begrudgingly dragged into playing uh, Civilization five by Nate. And I mean, I eventually found I really, really liked it a lot, but it, it's the sort of game that initially is tough to grasp. But Warbits, like its predecessors in this genre, is so perfectly stripped down. Like it's really taking a combat game, a tactical top-down strategic combat game, and taking it as simple as it can possibly go without making it completely arbitrary or unfun. Like there's a lot of depth and strategy here, but really there's, what, how many units are there in this game? Like yeah, I was just trying to think of like think of the breakdown of that. So I mean, first of all, there's three um types of units. And you so you have uh infantry, mech, and air. Now within those, um there's different versions. There's like light infantry, there's heavy infantry, mech could be an artillery gun, or it could be like a fast moving um, you know, light mech. Um, but yeah, they have a the difference have, between direct damage and, and ranged damage is also a big, mm-hmm. big divider in this game. And they all have um, strengths and weaknesses that are very clearly marked when you look at like the uh, the items description or the the uh, units description. So like, you know, a light mech, they'll, it'll say, you know, plus against infantry, negative against mech and air. Um, a heavy mech will be plus plus against infantry and mech, but negative one against air. You know, they, it, it's all the kind of like rock, paper, scissors um, breakdown. So it's super easy to understand what's good against what. But there are enough units and they all have different. Uh, this is a like a tile based game, essentially. You know, it's a fully rendered landscape but everything is a grid and yeah, things have square movements. grids and very very small square grids you know you're never going to be moving for four or five turns in order to get over to somebody's base everything is sort of within reach for for your units yeah there's also a fairly small number of different types of terrain you know it's a you're gonna have forests mountains water and plains that's a, i think that's it there's also clouds sometimes <laughs> well there's the standard fog of war type thing that comes with these games you can't yeah. if you have it turned on you can't see what you aren't currently standing in or haven't explored and then yeah clouds uh you can put air units in and uh unit uh the enemy can't see them unless they're right next to it uh and all this adds enough complexity where it is kind of in your hands 
whether you win or lose, you know, like it, it really is me against you, whoever aligns their units the best way. Yeah, in the campaign mode, yeah. most of the, most of the thing, most of the, most of the different battles can be won in like 10 turns or less. Yeah. For the most part, it gets a lot harder the farther you get it in. It does. And yeah, I, that's no, one of I the think that, I, th- I think that stays the same though. Like I, I, I got to a point where I was having to look up, um, how to beat levels on YouTube. And even still, <laughs> those levels were, um, were short, very short in terms of the number of turns. If you, if you got into a place where you were taking a lot of turns to play a level, you probably weren't doing it right. Hmm. Yeah. I have a game still going with a guy, a random player, and we'll talk about the online play uh, in a little bit because it's kind of unique, but we are currently on turn 43, which is insane wow. because like Shane said, most of them do end quickly, but we got in, into this like stalemate and it's just been endless. But that's not a good representation. Most of these games can be finished pretty quickly or if they're not, you kind of know who's winning and might bow out because you can get a little overwhelmed. So obviously we don't want to spend a ton of time just comparing this game to Advance Wars, but I do want to say at this point that like if you know Advance Wars, like I played other games that that also did this, like that did a top-down strategy game. One that we could talk about a little bit is like uh, Hero Academy, and there's others where you where you are doing a top-down strategy uh, oriented turn-based. Uh, game, but this is so close to Advance Wars that you can really just look at the units, and if you know what the ma- the similar looking units from Advance Wars do, you'll be comfortable with what these units do. There's very little difference in terms of strategy. Now there are little subtle things that are different. I'm not like an expert in Advance Wars, but this is close enough to Advance Wars that I immediately felt at home from those games. Um, and Shane and I used to play a lot of Advance Wars. We did. It was a perfect game for the two-player pass-and-play experience with a, a Game Boy Advance, which is Reagan's favorite console of all time, and I would say is my contender for a favorite console of all time. Did you guys each have your own? Uh, or we did. did. You have to share? Mm-hmm. We did, did you it, the same color? but the nice thing about it was that this could play we only either... Had one cons- we only had one copy of Advance Wars, though. Oh. Uh, yeah, we could either play pass-and-play... Or with a cable. Um, But really, the pass and play was the better experience because you're going to be taking turns anyway. If you're doing that, like, what is the guy on the other end of the cable doing while you're playing your turn? Nothing. But the nice thing about the Game Boy Advance was, you know, you could be sitting on the couch watching a movie and pass the Game Boy Advance back and forth, each playing a turn. And, you know, it just it was just a perfect uh, thing for its time. Um, Now, with it being on your iPhone, it's it's even better because like, you know, you get the little notification, you can pop into the app, play your turn, pop out and go back to, I don't know, scrolling through Twitter. Like I endlessly do. (laughs) Yeah. And in the turns take, um, I don't know, one minute maybe to do your turn. I mean, depending on even as low as like 15 seconds when a game has first started. So it's really easy to have a ton of games going. Yeah. When you look at the, uh, at the board, you'll have a pretty good idea of what you could do and what your, the only thing that you might have to keep track of or, or read into is what units that you're ready to buy at that point. You know how much money you have, but you'll know how many cities you have. You'll know how much, you know, where, where your units are. You'll know what units you have. You don't have to do a lot of inspect. You don't have to do any inspecting of units, which I, I hadn't really thought about that. I think it's actually a really good point. It makes the game, 
really easy to pop in and out of the different matches. And that really supports this sort of asynchronous play style. Also, we haven't talked about the art, which is really nice. Like, it's really solid. Yeah. Um, it's I like the very art simple. better than the original Advance Wars, frankly. Yeah, me too. And that's kind of uh, kind of odd to say. But, like, the Advance Wars had, Advance Wars had the limitation of being on a really low-resolution screen. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, let's not talk negative about Advance Wars here. I mean, come on. We're... Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was a great <laughs> game. But, like, we're talking about a game that is on a nice retina screen. And so it really takes advantage of that. All the units are really expressive and detailed. You can zoom all the way out, and you can still tell exactly what everything is but you can also zoom in and see sort of cuteness to them um and uh the backgrounds and other art has this sort of um kind of you know what it reminds me of and this is a weird thing to compare it to but you know uh google's material design that they uh talk about for all of their interface design it's kind of like things look like things it's not skeuomorphic but things are look like they're made out of something rather than they don't need to look like yes. they're made out of like mahogany, but they have a slight sort of underlying texture, even though they're kind of flat. This has that kind of look to me. Things look like not exactly like a paper cut or something like that, but they're, they look like they're made out of something. They look really well done. And I just I really like the art and the music is okay, although I have now turned it off. Yeah, I like the music. And I mean, it is it, it's you're listening to it in like 15 seconds first. So I, I think there's some really catchy, um, really nice uh, little background songs composed. And there's a lot of different ones, um, depending on what map you choose, because there are for the multiplayer a ton of different maps. Ton of maps, a pretty good campaign uh, mode. I, I actually haven't completed it yet because I'm kind of stuck on one of the later levels. But the campaign is really uh, like each level. It functions as a tutorial, but it also throws interesting challenges at you every time. And uh, until the level that I got a little bit stuck on, uh, every level was it felt fair, but it was also challenging. And so I'd play the level two or three times and eventually beat it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely lost several times while going through the campaign and. And sometimes pretty terribly. Like, it, you can definitely get beat by the computer in this game. And then it mocks you because they do the silly, like, I don't know, like, meme culture language where the the two, the your guy and the bad guy are arguing about, like, what's better, ketchup or mustard. Yeah, that's kind of kind of cute and funny. The, the, the I guess, sort of frame story is that Warbits is a war simulator where the advanced warriors of the future uh, are able to settle their differences through digital battles that don't kill anyone. And so you're battling over differences of opinion, such as which condiments are best. It's beautiful, really. Yeah, that's... That's pretty cool. I, I like I like that aspect of it, and that makes that makes the uh, the hashtag system uh, to be something a little more fun because you could have you could have a hashtag for ketchup v mustard if you want, and you could go to war with other ketchup and mustard lovers. The hashtag system is really like it's really innovative. Like I don't think I've seen that before in a game like this, and. So the way that works is that you can just play online on their general leaderboard, which is hashtag Warbits, and that's the main leaderboard. Uh, if you if you start a multiplayer game 
and tag it, hashtag Warbits, you're in the largest sort of lobby, if you will, or like the, the largest matchmaking uh, pool. But you can create your own uh, or use any number of sort of preset hashtags that tag your game with some information about it. Sometimes they're things like Fog of War, and you know that those are going to be uh, games with Fog of War turned on. But you can also create your own. So we created one for hashtag short game. And because we were all playing games, starting new games under hashtag short game, it was matching us with other people who had also tried to start games with hashtag short game. So just us. And it kept a special leaderboard just for us, which was Should really we take cool. a look at that? Should we look at the leaderboard? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Let's look at the leaderboard. No, no, we don't need to go there. No, I just thought we'd take a look at it real quick. All right. You, you twisted my arm. What, what's it say right now, Nate? Um, well, we've got um, Shane coming in uh, with 1,050 points. We've got Reagan coming in with 14. 50 points, 1,450. And then, oh, it's me with 3,450 oh, points. You wound so, me. Nate, uh, <laughs> Nate is right. a That's monster in this game. Three wins, Reagan with two wins, and me with one I know, we haven't played win. a whole lot. You know, but it's when funny, I win, I the, the point you. system is interesting because it's not just counting your wins. It is counting, like, how many units you kill. And other things, I think, also generate points. I'm not entirely clear, but... It's like, pretty much anything good. If yeah. You kill stuff... There's a power-up system that we haven't talked about, but when you kill things, you earn charges, and then those charges can go towards unique power-ups, like your infantry do 25% more damage this turn, or the one that I use pretty much 100% of the time is turned into straight cash. Um, it, it adds kind of a... Um, element of surprise to it. Um, I noticed you were cashing out every single time you got any of those points. So I want to talk about that for a second, because... Uh, I, I do think that I've kind of got pretty good at this game pretty fast. And I, it's because I think I have played, um, I, I look at this like a resource management, almost like board game. And I really like those style of board games. And at the end of the day, all that matters is how much money are you generating? And you can generate money by capturing towers, killing things, or just cashing those charges out. And I know every once in a while those power-ups are good for other things. But I'd just rather have more units on the board than you. So that's why I do the cash out thing. Like, have you guys played a lot of Axis and Allies by any chance? The board no, game? No, not much. I played it one time years ago. Okay, I played that game a ton and I love that game. And a lot of that is like balancing out your infantry against your heavy troops to like get the best bang for your buck out of the heavy troops. And this is not exactly the same because you're obviously like you can attack as armies in that game. But I think some of the uh, the tenants apply here, and and I don't know. I've I've really been enjoying this. Yeah, game. I've been trying to adopt that your your strategy, seeing it work so well. But I do like that it really gives you some flexibility. That that charge system, I think, is the biggest thing that is different strategically between this and Advance Wars. I I know that wasn't in Advance Wars one. I I don't think that there was anything similar in Advance Wars 2 either. So I think it's well, totally original. Well, there was original. something a little bit similar in Advance Wars 1. In Advance Wars 1, um, each of the different uh, commanders that you had would charge up a special ability. and so, but, so it was kind of the same as this. There was some kind of special ability that you'd, that you'd kick in at a certain point. But instead of picking... Um, you know, what you wanted to spend it on at a certain point, you picked at the start of the match what sort of 
commander you wanted. So there was the big brute guy that was, he would say, roll tanks, roll. <laughs> and all of his tanks would move twice as fast for a round. Or, um, I don't know. I think that, I think the main guy, like his infantry units were buffed, stuff like that. I, I do think this is more interesting because it does give you that flexibility, like to play in response. So, you know, maybe Nate, nine times out of 10, you'd cash out. But maybe that one time you want your infantry to capture cities faster because you've got a couple of infantry mm. on cities. So I, I think that that is a good aspect of this game compared to the advanced wars that you and I grew up on. Yeah, I think it's a really nice system. And um, and some of the I haven't tried nearly all of the uh, of the options, but there's some really interesting ones. You know, you can buff almost any of your units, but all of them only last one turn. It's not like something that's going to transform your entire game. Um, and Interestingly, you you really need to be careful about when you do it, because if you like fire that off at the end of your turn, then you've wasted it because it's going to be, uh, you know, it's only going to last until the end of your turn. Um, and I have done that by mistake a couple of times and, you know, regretted it. But it's a really neat system. I, I think it's uh, it, it definitely adds to the game, although I think you can also turn it off in the in the settings for multiplayer. Yeah, you can turn off that, and you can turn on or off Fog of War. You can also, depending on the maps, have games that either include or don't include air units, and there's a bunch of other things that you can kind of customize. It has a really nice selection of maps and really customizable multiplayer. And speaking of the multiplayer, we should say this is based on Game Center. Um, Game Center has its problems. I found this worked pretty well, but um, there's a lot of multiplayer games like this that, that use Game Center. I, I used uh, that a whole lot for um, Letterpress. Shane, do you remember Letterpress? God, I played so much Letterpress. Yeah, definitely. Letterpress. Um, who made Letterpress again? I can't remember. Uh, the same guy who made Tweety, but I don't remember. Oh, Lorne something? Richter? Maybe. <laughs> I love Letterpress as well. I love a good word game. Yeah, that, that was a great word game because it was so kind of amorphously free form and the and the simple UI was really really fun. It's just good design. Yeah, yeah just really good design. Yeah, it was fast to play. Lauren Brichter, sorry. Um that that's it. It was Lauren Brichter. There we go. I was right. Say I was right. You were right. Amazing game. That was that was a really clever game because he really stepped in just when Apple introduced like words with friends had been big. And Apple responded to it by introducing a feature in Game Center. And I think that Game Center was actually introduced before it had the ability to do asynchronous multiplayer as like a as a system wide feature. But the idea was that and it has worked on and off and it has worked sometimes well and sometimes not well. But the idea was that there'd be a system level feature where you'd have a buddy list for games that you can maintain across games without having to reestablish a new account for every game. That works pretty well. Um, and also, it kind of provides a Apple-backed backend for doing push notifications for turns and handling some of the server stuff so that a game like Warbits or Letterpress doesn't have to do that work of creating a system for managing turns entirely from scratch with their own servers. Um, that part of Game Center sometimes works really, really well and sometimes doesn't. I have had situations where Game Center-based games just mysteriously stop working for weeks. Uh, there was one period, I think, where Apple broke Game Center completely with, a, with an update for tons of people. And most games that relied on certain Game Center features just stopped working for those folks. So it can be flaky. If you've had a real hard time with Game Center games, I, I, I could imagine thinking twice about spending the $3.99 that this game, this game costs. 
But I found that it's working really well under iOS 9. Like, um, it, it, I get push notifications for all of my uh, turns. They seem to come in on time. Um, I've had a couple of situations where I had to fool with Game Center a little bit, like sign out, sign back in. But mostly, the, the online component of this game works really, really well. Yeah, I, it's been great. I mean, I, I've had some issues where I miss a notification, and I, I can't seem to get the the red badge to show on Warbits itself, which... Yeah, I've had that same issue. You know, which isn't a huge deal, because for the most part, I'm looking for these turns, and when someone plays, um, I try to get to it right away, because it really can be done in, like, 15 seconds. Of course, it's an asynchronous game, so sometimes I will be like, oh, I'll get to that later, and then it'll be, like, six hours later before I actually do the turn, and it happens vice versa. So, you know, sometimes you just have games that sit in limbo for days. Um, and that, that's just a issue of the genre. Like, I don't really think there's a way to fix that. But, the like, the multiplayer UI within the game itself, all game center aside, is great. I mean, you see, you can see your games. You can see whose turn it is. You can see how long it's been since the turn. You can see the hashtag. It's great. Um, I, I overall, I, I thought the the overall um, UI of this game has been has been awesome. Every once in a while, I'll mistap something, um, mm-hmm. and like part of me wishes there was a oops, like go back. But yeah. I that that would change like the the comp the whole game. Because if you could like undo, yeah, moves. there's randomness involved yeah. in in attacks. Yeah, like I I it, I wouldn't expect them to let me undo attacks because yeah, it is like a roll of a dice type thing on a lot of those. But everyone's so like, damn it, I I moved my guy one to the right when I was just trying to like tap clear. And again, this is mostly just me, but like I I do it enough where I click the wrong thing or. The worst one is if you move a hurt guy onto a full guy, they like they just absorb each other into a full health guy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I it doesn't seem ever worth it to me. I don't know why you would ever do that. Well, that's something that um, makes a lot more sense from if you're playing defensively. Well, it, it, yeah. it, it, it makes yeah. sense from Advance Wars. Like in in Advance Wars, you know, each of these units has like ten health, right? But in Advance Wars, that's actually representing ten dudes. And then when you actually fight, it cuts to a little scene where you see those 10 dudes picking each other off. And that's something that I really miss from Advance Wars. Oh, I, I, I kind of wish oh, this game had that. They did that in the Risk uh, video game. Did any of you guys play the Risk computer game from like 1996? No, no I did not. You would, uh, no, sir. Yeah, it, not to side rail because it would try to get into like 3D and you would do like your army of, you know, uh, like uh, Revolutionary War like era looking guys because they have like cannons and stuff and they would do a full thing where they're just in a line just shooting at each other and it would take like three minutes for the whole thing to be done (laughs) and it was great (laughs) i have not heard of any other game doing that nor have i even thought about that game since like 1998 Mm. so i miss it in uh, in advanced wars because like in this game uh like i really like those moments where it kind of zooms in and you see like the two sides kind of shooting at each other in advance wars it would even kind of vary the backgrounds so that like if you had one dude standing in a city and another good guy standing on the field outside the city then you'd see a little tableau with like 10 dudes standing on a city street and then the city street kind of ends and then there'd be some field and there'd be people shooting from the field and it was all very cute and i kind of miss that here but it also keeps the game really moving quickly like that was something that if you were really playing fast in Advance Wars, you turned off anyway. You'd skip that every time, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there are some problems that I've had with the game. Um, you mentioned some tapping issues, and I have that for one thing that really happens a lot to me here is that I'll, I'll tap to move. So each of your units can move once and then also attack. But the problem is if you tap it to move and then don't tap on what you want to attack. If you accidentally tap like next to the thing you want to attack, it deselects that unit and there's no way to reselect him in order to have him do his attack. He's just skipped his attack. Um, and that's happened to me a few times and really frustrated me. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And with moving too, so like it defines a path for you. And so like, a like a light mech can move six squares and I wish that I could move three, reevaluate and move another three, but it's kind of like, you have your one move. If you move one space over, that's your whole move. You don't get to use those other five. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's annoying, especially especially when you're you're in fog of war and you you go somewhere and it's like, oh shit, there's a guy in the tree. I'm walking right past, <laughs> and it's like, oh okay, yeah. Well, I guess I hope I remember that there's a guy in that tree <laughs> when I take my next turn in three mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah, um, or you just want to position. Um, because basically guys can, since it's a grid, you can only attack from four sides. Um, and sometimes you want to like, I want this ship to attack from the bottom so that it frees up the left side for my, you know, my lesser movement thing to get over there. Um, but you can't define it. It just kind of picks what side it wants to attack. And this is... That's not true. That You can, you can move and then attack. Kind of. This is obviously you can tap a if, if if you tap and move into a square next to another unit, then you can still tap on that um, on that unit and and attack it. Hmm. Well, maybe then, listeners, I have been doing it wrong, so I will reevaluate that. Yeah, all, all this stuff though is really like finer points. Like these are the tiny little like finicky usability details that come up with a 1.0 game that I'm hoping they actually help with some of this stuff, maybe. Um, another thing I'd like to see would be a better uh, in-game chat system. It's got a clever idea for the chat, which is that as you play your turn, you can say messages at any point throughout your turn. And then when somebody watches the replay when it's their turn, they see all of your actions and see the chat messages that you said as a part of your, as a part of the replay, like you can, you know, say something like taunt them, attack them, taunt them, attack them, taunt them, attack them. And they see that replay in real time or not in real time, like in, you know, in the replay. But unfortunately there's no log of those messages. You can't go back and look at them later. And even more bafflingly, if you, if it's not your turn, you can go in and send messages and those go into the void. They literally are never shown or saved. If you don't say their, your message during your turn, it simply disappears, completely baffling UI choice. Like I do not understand yeah. uh, how that got past them, but um, they say, I think that they're going to, they're going to add a, a chat log. I just don't know when that's coming. Yeah, I hope they do that soon. I, I, I asked you guys before we started recording, if you'd been getting my, uh, Warbit's witticisms, and it seems like yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think it, it seems like the really natural thing to do would be like I've played my turn, I hit done, and then send a message, right? And it lets you do that. But if you do that, your message simply disappears. It gives you no indication that your message isn't being delivered. Your friends never see the message on their end, so you literally have to send the message before you end your turn. Uh, otherwise, and and not send it during your your friends' turns. Otherwise, your message is simply gone. Really baffling. But once you know it's going on, I mean, it's okay. It's just really weird. Yeah, because when it works, it's cool. It's yeah. fun to like. It's fun to like kill somebody's unit and then write like ha 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 ha. 
like right after killing it and they see it in that order where they watch their unit get destroyed and then it says ha 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 it's perfect Mm -hmm. it's just it should save it and allow me to read it later or there should just be a separate chat box for just like fun back and forth you know Mm -hmm. and shane and i played a ton of carcassonne on the iphone and it has a really simple really totally usable chat system that's basically that um and we were maybe going to wrap up a little bit by talking about some of our other favorite games in this gameplay style i don't think you can call this a genre but like asynchronous multiplayer games um carcassonne for the iphone by the coding monkeys is the best example of this genre ever it's like 10 bucks on the iphone which is not cheap but it's universal for iphone and ipad you can play in person on an ipad or you can play uh like pass and play or you can play asynchronous over the internet and the asynchronous multiplayer is flawless every feature is incredibly polished all the graphics are incredibly beautiful it is probably if i had to point out what is the best iphone game i would probably say um or in terms of just like polish and like incredible attention to detail i would say it's the carcassonne uh iphone game it's amazingly good um but i bring it up now because it has a really good chat system built in and uh i really wish these guys had looked a little more at how that game does chat before uh um before kind of boggling my mind with this incredible weirdness of just oh you sent this message but it's not your turn okay we will accept your message and then do nothing with it <laughs> somewhere in the warbits uh dev studio is just like a like a mail carrier just full of all of our messages i just imagine they've got like a printer on the wall that prints them out and then fun- funnels them into a, a shredder and then it goes into their recycling bin that seems like a good use of resources. I bet that's what mm-hmm. they do. But apart from that, I'd say that the UI in this game is really solid and it's a really great game and you should definitely pay them $4 for it and play it on your iPhone. And play us. Yeah. Hashtag short game. I would love to play some games with you guys. Yeah, we are going to continue tagging our games uh, hashtag short game. And if you're going to play it, start a game with us. Yeah, you guys will go up against Nate and he'll own you. And you're going to go up against me and you'll destroy me. already brought it up but one of my favorite asynchronous games ever on the iphone is uh hero academy um that's another fun game Um, that's the same people that make the orcs must die games which are also super fun but totally not um asynchronous i haven't played their their newest one which like i think they went free to play with moba influence and then just was like oh no no i'm i'm done thanks but orcs must die one and orcs must die two are super fun and hero academy was sort of a thing they they kind of tossed off in between the two like they did uh orcs must die one in 2011 and orcs must die two in 2012 and some somewhere in between they found the time to make hero academy for the iphone and it was really really good um a really nice little uh top-down tactical kind of chess-esque but like you know fantasy battle oriented kind of thing really good yeah how long did um orcs must die take to beat i really enjoyed that game i wonder if it'd be worth revisiting oh the the first one was pretty darn short so yeah that might that might be a contender for the show i actually liked the first one in some ways better than the second one they added a lot of really neat new traps and stuff in the second one but it also added a lot to the length and complexity but orcs must die one and two are both really fun yeah i I really enjoyed the 
enjoyed those games. And we already mentioned uh, uh, Letterpress, which is probably my my second favorite after uh, Carcassonne. But let me see. Oh, one uh, one game that I played an absolute insane amount of that unfortunately is no longer available on the App Store. It just breaks my heart when that happens to really good apps. But there was a game called Samurai, which was you know, very difficult to Google because there's Samurai this and that all over the App Store. But Samurai by Reiner Kinesia, the famous uh, board game designer, um, it's a wonderful board game, really, really good board game if you're looking for something sort of abstract but with a little touch of theme that's just really, really strategically interesting. And it made a wonderful iPhone game, uh, and it had asynchronous multiplayer that worked super well. I played a ton of that both with my wife and with Shane and I'm heartbroken that it's no longer available because I guess they must have shut down the servers. I, I searched; it's no longer on the App Store. Yeah, that's disappointing. I know there's like this whole new like concept of like game archivists, archivists mm-hmm. uh, who who like their goal is to save games because as the technology expands, like they just don't exist anymore. And I wonder if that's going to happen for like iPhone games. It, it's going to be really hard because uh, iPhone games are so locked down in the way that they're distributed. Like you can't, you know, put a copy onto uh, a floppy drive and then stick it on your shelf. It's uh, it's on your phone or it's not on your phone. It's true. There's going to come a time where a game for the Commodore 64 is going to be more uh, more accessible than a game for the original iPhone. That time is already now. Like, you know, Samurai, if you want to play this game, you are out of luck. And uh, you'll have to get the board game. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that that's a helpful thing in this case. But like Hero Academy had a month almost where the servers went down. And I follow Rob- Robot Entertainment on Twitter and they said, oh, hey, sorry, we'll try to get that back up when we can. But like it hasn't been updated for newer OSs and presumably they're just keeping the servers running for those diehard fans who continue to play it. But it doesn't look like it's probably long for this world. If you haven't tried Hero Academy and you want to, you should probably try it pretty soon because I wouldn't I would bet on it going the way of Samurai before long. But keep buying those microtransactions. I, I guess so. And that is the thing. Like, these are all games so far that we've mentioned that have a price tag, but no, like, monetization model. Like, the, you're not paying per move or anything here. Um, so eventually, you know, you the sale of the app itself can only pay for the server to exist for so long. Um I guess on that dour note, there was one more uh, game that I wanted to mention that I really liked. <laughs> uh, if you, if you, your games are doomed. If you're, uh, if you're really sad about Samurai, and I know I am, the uh, the consolation was that uh, Small World uh, for the iPhone and iPad is really good, and uh, it's also an excellent board game to app. Uh, transition when they first came out with small world for the ipad and it was ipad only at first it didn't have online multiplayer and then they actually did a kickstarter campaign to do a sort of new version of the app where they added uh, online multiplayer and a bunch of other cool new features and um i'm really glad that they did and it ended up being a free update for people who'd bought it already which was nice it's a really polished app not quite as polished as carcassonne but still really good so that's another Excellent board game. I love it as a board game, and I love it as an app, and the multiplayer is is spot on. I've never played the app uh, version of Small World, but that is a fantastic board game. So maybe I'll check out the app. It is, I, and obviously it makes sense, but uh, it is interesting how many of these good not Words with Friends, well, actually including the Words with Friends, are basically uh, app versions of 
popular board games. Yeah, it's probably the easiest way to get a concept that already works in a turn-based kind of way. Um, and also, I mean, it, it probably helps with marketing because if it's a popular board game, then folks already know the rules. You don't have to kind of bring them in and you've got at least a, at least some market of people that are already probably willing to give your game a shot. Yeah, definitely. The board game uh, aficionados are a are a powerful legion. <laughs> well, they are willing to spend some money. I mean, those things are not cheap. Like... Uh, buying a, buying a $5 iPhone game can sometimes seem pricey, but if you're like, Oh, $5, the, the print copy of this game is like $45. Then it seems like an incredible bargain. Very true. Much easier to get your friends to buy a $5 game, uh, than it is to convince people to buy $200 worth of miniatures. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Is that a problem that you run into a lot, Shane? That's a problem that I've I have fallen for that in the past. I have been that friend. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a bad trap to fall into, Shane. Does anybody want a Cador army? I'll give it to your team. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know there's tons of other uh, asynchronous multiplayer games that I'm not thinking of. I mean, there are you know you can go all the way back to uh, to like play by email games. I even think there was like a there was a version of Civilization Two that had play by email. I think and there's there's like this is a, an idea that has been around a long time in other forms, and uh, I think there's zillions of games in this genre. If you have a favorite, uh, you should let us know. We have a feedback form on our website, and we are always game to try these sorts of games. So if you have a game that you really like, and you want to maybe start a game with these dorks from this podcast, we're probably game. Let us know. Um, also, uh, while you're at it, leave us an iTunes review. Uh, you'll be on the website anyway, right? To do the feedback for Beautiful segue. Right Thank you. Yes, I pride myself on my smooth segues into self-promotion. And while I'm on the self-promotion, I'm Reagan Kelly, and you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Um, Nate, where can people find you? Also on Twitter at Nate S-T-L. And Shane, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at 8BitShane. And thank you so much for joining us once again on this episode of The Short Game.